Hi everybody, Karen here, with just a few little notes before we start the episode. We probably should have expected this, considering it was Friday the 13th when we recorded, but when we set up Audacity to do the recording, I didn't check to make sure that the microphone input was actually coming from the mic, as opposed to the built-in microphone on my computer. So we recorded the entire episode with the built-in mic. As you can imagine... This means the sound quality is not that great, and it's pretty echoey. I've made sure that you can hopefully hear everything, but it does mean there's a couple spots in the episode where there's some rough edits. Speaking of rough edits, uh, you might notice there's going to be a doozy of one when I'm talking about my projects, because um, I didn't get the top secret project finished, so I had to edit that out so that the recipient doesn't hear all about it. So yes couple little, you know, rough things in there. Like I said, Friday the 13th. Really should have expected it. Anyway, on to the episode. In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's July 13th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 47 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you on this Friday the 13th, not, not from, from Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. Mega boo. Yeah. Damn. Damn it. I could have sworn we would have had, like, priority VIP passes by now. I know. Well, it's not so much the passes, really. It's the airfare getting there from here, really. <laughs> That's the main reason. I haven't been going. What, Fillion didn't offer to drop by on his private jet and take us? That bastard. <laughs> Karen just wiggled a little bit. I'll be in my bunk. I know often for things like this, people are like, hey, we've got room in our room if anybody needs it. I would definitely take the space in Nathan Fillion's room. <laughs> I would sleep on the floor. In the bathtub? Yep. I can think of different uses for uses for both. We have the mature rating on this show, right? Yes. Oh, hells yes. Okay. I do put the explicit rating on this, like, <laughs> as a matter of course, considering the way our discussions usually go. Okay. Anyway, yes. Oh, well, since we can't be at Comic-Con, we might as well knit. Yep. Which I'm doing a lot of right now. Yes. You hear little clicking noises. Yes. <laughs> but it is for good purpose. Yes. So, Adventures in Knitting. I went first the last couple times. Yeah, that's fine. The catnip socks are done, and I even updated on Ravelry that they are finished. Yay! And complete a must. Complete a must. They're also in Delaware. Ooh. Wait a minute. <laughs> I just oohed, and then, wait a minute, my brain caught up with it. It's like, wait a minute. Maggie? Yeah? Why are they in Delaware? Because somebody complimented them. I don't care. She really liked them. <sighs> Maggie. Well, then you could have knit another pair for her. I got too much stuff going on. <laughs> she complimented everything about them. The color, the size, the pattern, everything. Yes, and that's when you say, oh, thank you so much. And then you stop. She brought me Godiva. Dude, these were hand-knit socks. Okay. Hand-knit socks for you. So anyways, I'm doing the Annis Shawl by Susanna IC. It's a knitty pattern. If you end up giving this one away, I will beat you, I swear. 
Yeah. I mean, it's lovely that you give things away and everything, but also, like, then you're like, oh, I don't have any really socks that are mine. It's like, yeah, because you give them away. I know. You go through this whole thing, of the whole process of knitting them and being like, oh, I love these socks, and they're for me, they're just for me, and then all of a sudden they're winging their way somewhere else. But anyway, yes, you were saying, you're knitting a shawl. Sensei Karen just took a stripe off of me. Yes. So yes, I'm making the Annis shawl by Susanna I see It's a knitty pattern. And the reason I chose this pattern is because, as uh, you'll probably remember, there's only a short little while coming up before the Olympics, so I don't want to do a project that's too big and involved. And this has one 17-row lace repeat, mm-hmm. technically 18-row if you count the extra pearl rest row. And then it's all just stuck in that stitch back and forth. And it's not a very deep shawl, it's more of a shallow crescent, so I'm thinking I could get this done in time. And I'm using that alpaca that I picked up from Wabi Sabi. And I have learned that, yeah, casting on from the bottom of said shawl mm-hmm. and going straight into the lace with alpaca that had a little bit of a halo yeah, is not my most favorite thing in the world. Oh yeah, the first row of lace is always horrible. But I can imagine with halo it would be. I mean, sometimes, especially if you do a shawl, the pattern will give you a couple of rows of either garter stitch or stockinette stitch as a border. Yeah. And then you can go into the lace. But no, this started right out as lace. And I had, like, stitches swinging all over on either side of my needle. As a matter of fact, I think there's somewhere along here where my stitches totally do a Mobius. Well, it's not a circle. So, no, it's not a circle. But it might have you might have knit into a different loop or something. Watch me not find it now that I'm looking for it. So anyway, other than that, I am still think I'm thinking of making another pair of socks, but I won't talk too loudly about that. It better be for you this time, man. Well, all of the stuff I did say I had my smog socks that I wanted to make. Yeah. And they weren't that wasn't the project for my Hobbit knit along. That's the dragon shawl, so I could still make my smog socks. That's a thought. I just don't want Ewilda to think that I wasn't happy with the yarn. I was really happy with it. I'm sure that would be fine. (laughs) She really did love the yarn. Yeah. (laughs) Considering that was in the New Zealand niche yarn. Yes. That a kind listener sent us. It kind of occurred to me after she, after, you know, they packed up and left and we all said our goodbyes in the driveway and she left and I'm going, oh crap, wait a minute. I didn't think of that. So, anyways, I have also been doing another project that I will call the Metal Bear. The Metal Bear? Yeah. So that I will explain probably this time next week. Okay. Project Metal Bear, codename Metal Bear, distributed by Agent Shield, you know, Code Tactics. I am making, I'm doing my darndest, I've still got the arms to sew on. I am making a teddy bear for an important human gestation event. I'm making a teddy bear that is going to be made in the Iron Man colors, like the Iron Man suit, so the face is going to be yellow, and a lot of it, the rest of it's going to be red, and parts of the arms and the thighs are going to be yellow. And I've got glow-in-the-dark fabric paint, so I can paint the uh, arc reactor on the chest. So adorable! For a certain geeky-type person who is in the process of making human. So that's In, the cr- in, pr- in the process of making human Mach 2? Yes. Mark II. So that's sort of what I've been doing. And I still have the arms to sew on and to stuff the body and yada, yada, yada. And I keep thinking of ways to make it a bit more detailed. Like, 
using embroidery thread to sort of hint at the plating of the uh, of the suit. Yeah, like I said, um, and this wasn't even the case where I found my NyQuil bottle. This was just a random. Oh, so this was the thing you were mentioning on Plurk the other no, day. No, actually, this is something extra. Oh, oh my god. This Seriously, is, this, woman? This is a baby project compared to what I, what I thought of on Plurk. Oh, what I told Lord. you about. Okay, no, nobody actually listening to this is going to think that this makes any sense. But, see, I actually had to draw up plans, and I stopped short of installing wires and electricity. When I actually get started on this, I'll explain what it is. Yeah. In in the meanwhile, you'll just have to suffer and trust that Karen was squeeing over something worthwhile. Yes. Okay, so that's you? That's me. Okay, so... Me, I am actually, as we record, if you hear tiny little click noises, that is the top secret, super secret project that I'm working on. Well, if you, if you hear something that sounds like jingle bells, that's the dogs downstairs. We're recording at my house, and my sister-in-law and my brother are staying here for a few more days because they have a wedding to do in this area. So we're watching their three dogs. Mm. So if you hear a jingle belly thing, that's the dogs and the collars. They're downstairs. But they like to come upstairs because they hear voices and want to know what's going on up here. Oh, God, don't don't start barking. Okay. <laughs> Set them off. So the tiny little clicking noises you may hear, though, like I said, is the top secret super secret project, which, as Maggie mentioned, is for a certain gestational event. Well, and I started this early, too. No, I started this weeks ago, you and I was good. really cranking along, and I was doing great at it. And it's just summer, man. <sighs> God, I hate summer. So, needless to say, I will be knitting through this entire podcast. So, sorry about the little ticky noises, but... Needs must. Yeah. I am under the, you know, under the gun here, people. Plus, I've heard other podcasters do it, so they're... In other things, the one thing I have been able to bring with me, because it's smaller, is my Twisted Stitch knitting, uh, Twisted Stitch pattern socks. And those I've sort of had in my bag, and I managed to replace the heels on both of them. Well done. So that... At least now I have two that looks like nicely fitting heels. I still have to decide what the hell I'm going to do for the back of the leg, but then, you know, I've been trying to work on this thing for the last couple days because it's been getting out of crunch time. The only other thing I've done is I did maybe two rows on this the other day. The socks that I was knitting Continental, I sort of looked at the yarn and I'm like, you know, I really kind of wanted, I think I remember kind of wanted to use this for a certain pattern. So I ripped out the toe of the, the sock I was doing Continental and they're now becoming a pair of V-Junkie socks from Zoctopus. Okay. And those are the ones I'm doing in the Koigu, that multicolored Koigu. But those will wait until this is done. Oh my god. Moving on to Geek Squee. Oh, please tell me, is there anything going on in San Diego right now? I don't know, man. I can't think of anything that's gone on in the geek world this week. Okay. Other than, you know... San Diego Geek Mecca. Yeah. Like the biggest event ever in the geek calendar. And even though it's only been the first couple days of it, there's already like all kinds of announcements going on. One of the biggest is that not only, as we mentioned last year are they or last week, are they doing a Firefly reunion panel, that panel is going to get filmed. Yep, it's gonna be televised. And added into a TV special. Okay, the TV special part I didn't know about. And earlier today, I saw pictures. Entertainment Weekly has photos from the cast reunion. And uh, one of the photos, does the table look familiar? (laughs) That's from the set, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's not the exact table. There's a photo, and I guess part of the the special, which is going to have other additional like interviews and stuff, not just the panel, has a good portion of the cast and a couple members of the crew Sitting around a recreation of the table, the kitchen table from yeah. Serenity. Yeah. And it was actually done, like, 
by the set designer. Oh, nice. Like, created by the set designer for this. And it's just like, oh my god. And they're, they're sitting in, like, like wooden chairs. I can see someone's got, a, like, a ladder back chair. And there's other sort of this mismatch of chairs around it. And it's like, oh my god, it looks like it's on Serenity. And it's got the same lighting things in the middle of it and everything. Yeah. I love this photo. It's obviously Nathan is cracking up about something. When is he not? Mm-hmm. And it's really neat because they've got... Actually, here, let me bring up the list. Actually, sorry. It's going to be at the science... The, the pictures were taken at the Science Channel's roundtable before the team's panel. And it's the Science Channel that is going to have a one-hour t- reunion TV special, debuting November 11th. And it's going to have Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk, Summer Glau, Adam Baldwin, Sean Mayer, showrunner Tim Minear, and writer Jose Molina. And then... Joss Whedon will be joining the team on the panel. But yeah, so they've got photos of them. Eee, our crew is back together. <laughs> well, sort of. A little bit. I mean, they're not in costume or anything, so. But it is kind of sweet. All you need is a ship, some brown coats, and a bunch of people will just squeeze until the earth sort of vibrates on a different axis. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I saw a photo someone uh, posted on Twitter. I guess, like, last night at 3 a.m., Joss was somewhere around the convention center, and he was just mobbed with fans. <laughs> but he was, like, signing autographs and talking to them. Oh, and apparently, like, this, I'm, I'm talking about the panel, though it hasn't happened yet. It actually has. I just haven't seen a lot of reported stuff from it. But one of the things I did see someone tweeted who was at the panel, and he said that Joss was talking about, like, how much the fans mean yeah. and... You know, all the, you know, the support they got from them. Apparently he was getting kind of choked up. Oh. I was like, oh. Sweetheart. Oh, Jaws. We still don't. We still don't you. quite forgive you, no. but for... I think I saw something on t- on um, one of those pop-up ads that says, Guns don't kill people, Joss Whedon kills people. <laughs> yes. I think I've seen that before. But yeah, so I cannot wait to see the reunion show. Because, oh my god. that That is definitely a popcorn stay in night. Yep. It is the don't dare call me. I'm not. Pi- I'm not picking up night. Also at San Diego Comic Con, apparently Neil Gaiman has announced he's doing a yep. Sandman prequel miniseries. Yes, coming out in 2013, which is the 25th anniversary for Sandman. Ah, oh. and Neil said that Neil said that it was the only story that he, at the wrap up of Sandman he felt that hadn't been told. Ooh, and I'm like, oh my god, super squeak. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yes. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I have one of the books that is written. It's taken the endless and it's put them in chibi form, if you can believe it or not. Oh my god. I'll have to bring that and show that to you. <laughs> but it's all about a day, like a day in the life of delirium. And it, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then, of course, for the last few years, one of the biggest things at San Diego Comic Con has been the Twilight panels. Yeah, apparently people started lining up on, like, Sunday or Monday, and the panel was yesterday, to get into Hall H. Okay, see, the last time I did that was when when I was in university, and you still had to line up to get the classes you wanted before online registration type yeah. stuff. I didn't even do that for, I didn't do that for movies, concerts, or anything like that. I, I really could not see anything being that important. Not even for Black Friday? Nope. Yeah, with these, so, well, especially, and I know I saw a little interview of people talking to uh, the Twilight fans. I think it was from, like, Entertainment Weekly or something like that. And they were saying something about how, yeah, of course, this time it was kind of special because it's the last time. But, of course, 
there was all kind of news coming out of that panel because I got to see like seven minutes of Breaking Dawn Part Two footage. And the bit, the main reason I mentioned this is because the bit I kind of liked. Apparently, like someone was asking, or Kristen Stewart somehow got around to talking about whether there would be like any vampire sexing in the movie. Of course. Because we need to have Fifty Shades of Sparkle. Oh, man. But uh, apparently she said that there wasn't really any. And she sounded rather disappointed about this. She sounded kind of pissed off, apparently. But she said that, you know, they couldn't really include anything because otherwise it would get an R rating. Yeah. I think she said something about, like, she was kind of disappointed because it's supposed to be this amazing sex (laughs) once they're both vampires. Uh, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I seriously don't. I just found it amusing that she was like, damn it, this is kind of, this kind of sucks that we don't get to, you know, show this. Especially considering they're all the movie lead up to, like, them wanting to do it. Yeah. But not actually doing it. So do you have any Comic-Con, more Comic-Con news? Well, I know that Hobbit stuff was, none of the Hobbit stuff was released around the Comic-Con. I did see a picture of Adam Savage's costume. Yes. For anyone who has not seen this before, Adam Savage from Mythbusters Every year when he goes to Comic-Con, and I think there might be one other con he does it too, he does something he calls Adam Incognito. Yeah, he goes covering his face. Yeah. He makes sure he that comes his with a costume. identity is completely covered. Yeah, he goes with a costume where he is, like, completely covered, and people have to try and find him. This year at Comic-Con, he went as a ring wraith. Yeah, Nazgul. Oh my god. The... the the armor you see on his, like, the, the gauntlets yep. on his hands yep. and... On his legs and The legs shins. and stuff. Yep. It has... If you think of what the, the Nazgul's armor looks like, it's... On the hands, it's all these tiny little joints on the fingers. Oh, you know he had a blast building that. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's so detailed and amazing. You really should see it. And, of course, he got pictures of himself at the Weta workshop booth yep. in his costume in yep. front of some of the trolls. I'm sure the people at Weta were just going crazy when they saw him, when they saw his outfit. It's pretty amazing. And what he does is he'll he'll give tiny little hints in his Twitter feed, and then, you know, through the day he'll update it with, like, nobody's found me yet, or, you know, stuff like that. Or he'll tell, say, when someone finds him. I don't know if any of this has been released. I know it's um, been out a little bit, but the trailer's only come out. There's going to be a new Oz movie next year. Yes, I just saw the trailer for this earlier. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I've only just seen the posters and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to watch the trailer after we finish recording. Oz the Great and Powerful. And Mm -hmm. again, it's a prequel, which, you know, seems to be in vogue these days. Yeah. About how Oz, how literally the magician Oz, the wizard or phony or whatever you want to call him, depending on which story you go by, Mm -hmm. finds himself in Oz. And this looks like it's going to have some beautiful sort of artistry. Yeah, the visuals were amazing that I saw in the trailer. It's starring James Franco, and it's being directed by Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Man movies and the Evil Dead movies. Okay. So, And it's kind of neat. Actually, one of the really cool things I saw in the trailer Mm -hmm. is at the beginning when it shows him in regular... He starts off in, you know, Midwestern America. Yeah. It's all in black and white. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then when he gets transported to Oz... It's all in vibrant color. Yeah, it's all in color. But yeah, it does look pretty interesting. I'd like to see more footage from it and more information. opinions and information. Do yeah. you know anybody else here? Because I'll, I'll just admit that I don't. Oh, Rachel Weiss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Rachel Weiss, I do know. Uh, Michelle Williams, that sounds familiar, but I can't remember what I've seen her in. 
Zach Braff. Oh, and of course, it's the Sam Raimi. His brother Ted has to be in it. <laughs> he was also yeah. in All right, him I know him. Xena, yeah. Warrior yeah. Princess. Joxer. All he had to say was Joxer. Yeah. Okay, she was in my... Michelle Williams was in, was in my my week with Marilyn, Shutter Island. I haven't seen them, but Brokeback Mountain. But I can picture her more now, at least. Oh, Station Agent. I saw that one. Okay. Oh, and Mila Kunis is in it, too. Okay. Good she time. does one of the voices in Family Guy. Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken, yeah. She was in Black, Black Swan. Swan. That 70s show. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 70s okay. show does it. Now I can place her. Yeah, I recognize the face, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm terrible like that. Yeah, well, a lot of the Hollywood ones, I can't remember. It's all the British actors I know. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, that guy. And of course, it's not just Comic-Con that is the center of nerdery. There was actually an event before Comic-Con that I only found out about after we recorded the last episode, sadly. But it was a an event organized partly by Chris Hardwick, who does the Nerdist podcast okay. and the Nerdist channel on YouTube. And it's called Course of the Force. <laughs> okay. So Lucasfilm, Nerdist Industries, and Octagon have teamed up to present Course of the Force. It's... A relay run with lightsabers, <laughs> where participants go from Santa Monica to San Diego and raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the days leading up to Comic-Con. I really like that. <laughs> Each leg of the relay is a quarter mile long, and they have it divided up into, you know, sp- specific start locations and end locations for each day, so that, you know, it's not 24 hours, and it's not to see how far they can get each day. It took place between July 7th to 11th in the days leading up to Comic-Con. And while the event may be over, if you go to the website at courseoftheforce.com C-O-U-R-S-E-O-F-T-H-E-F-O-R-C-E dot com you can see each day's basically video podcast episodes with information about that day's run. I was watching some of the stuff from I think day four and they actually have this this large barge. Yeah, it looks like a basically. sand traveler. Yeah, sand traveler that they've been traveling on with the the relay runners. And it was adorable. On the fourth day, they showed one kid who was dressed up as like a tiny Jedi. Nice. He was carrying it. It was so adorable. There was a lot of people, actually. Even just the brief clip I saw, they showed a lot of people who were in costume. Nice. Some, a woman who was dressed up as the 11th Doctor. But yeah, it's kind of nice that they're raising money for the Wake-A-Wish Foundation. And each day, it visited sort of different venues, and especially some of the piers along the way to San Diego. And they have other had other events in each place. But it looked like a lot of fun, and it was hilarious. Basically, the, the money raised is through the people who sign up. So each participant who does their quarter mile, paid $500 to sign up. And each runner received a Star Wars Ultimate FX lightsaber, along with other gifts (laughs) in repayment for their run. You know, you can get a Star Wars keyboard with LCD touchpad. Like computer keyboard. Yeah, sorry. Wow. That looks Death Star approved. (laughs) Pretty much. This is on thinkgeek.com. Star Wars keyboard with LCD touchpad. 10 dynamic adaptive tactile keys, multi-touch full-color LCD track panel, yada, yada, yadas. Actually, one of the other things they mentioned that Uh has sort of debuted at Comic-Con. Yeah. ThinkGeek has a... Sonic screwdriver remote control. Yes, I saw that. It's a universal remote control too, yes. I think. Oh my god. So you can use it, you can move it in different directions to make it change make, channels, yes. change volume, change tracks on your CD player. Yes, awesome. Or your, your or rather your iPod. There is, okay, that's the programmable TV remote. I'd still rather have the magic wand one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
dude, I want to be able to change my TV with a flick of my wand. Geek. You know, it's Star Wars, Star Trek, to Hogwarts, to <gasps> Doctor Who, to, you know, everybody's got their, their place. Also, a little bit of t- you know what I heard on the radio today? What? The latest plastic surgery craze. Yes. I will give you three yeses. Okay. About what part of the body. Okay. I have to just name parts yeah. of the body? Yeah. Eyes? No. Mouth? No. Butt? No. Your toes. Toes? Yes. Okay. There is this, and I'm not making fun of anybody who has a serious medical condition, mm-hmm. but I heard on the radio that there is this concept going around the late of toe-bicity. I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this a joke. What? And the latest plastic surgery craze is to make your toes daintier and slender and... Yeah. Yeah, because I guess most a, a lot of the people who'd be having that are, are doing it just because, in their opinion, their toes are I, I aren't dainty enough. I mean, if, I'm if, not talking about anybody who has any actual like medical reason for doing I mean, it. Honestly, in that case, you know, go and buy some Louis Vuittons, and your and your feet look great. It'll cost you less than the surgery. Yeah, It'll be a lot less painful too. Yeah, I mean the only the only reason I can think of at the top of my head for having surgery on your toes is if you are a prima ballerina on point. Yeah, twelve hours out of the day, and you need reconstructive surgery. Yeah, you know that I can understand. I don't know. I just thought it was completely random. Anyways, for simple, if I'm talking vanity, I'm, I'm the last thing I would be thinking about is my toes. I know. Me too. Really. I mean, and I have some bizarre little. T- I have some bizarre toes. I've been told I have Wilma Flintstone feet. Plus, for eight months out of the year, they're covered in hand knit socks. Anyway, <laughs> why would anyone care? Especially in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, winter. We didn't mean it. We love you. Come back, please. Yeah. Also, something interesting we found out: the U.S. military is looking to design armor for women designed. Alazina, warrior princess. Yeah, not in the uh, leather bathing suit. Yeah, not sort not, of not in the really fantastical way. Okay, we but, will say that. Yeah, I saw this article in the Mary Sue too, and basically they said they're basically looking sort of at that and other sort of places that involve women in armor to try and figure out the right shape. Yeah, because at the moment the armor they have is built for guys. There is no room for curves. Right. And whenever you have to build something with that kind of material and you have to adjust for curves, you are adding extra material and it gets heavier. Yeah. And also the women have been complaining that it chafes, it rubs, it impedes blood flow in certain areas, it rubs nerves raw in other areas. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, most women have different, have largely sort of different measurements in basically their boob area and their hips. Which means if they have armor that fits those areas, it doesn't fit other Anything areas. Else. Yeah. So, and I mean, they they mentioned something about like sometimes it can be too long. So when they sit down, it digs into their legs, cutting off blood flow, or it yeah. pops up and it doesn't. You know, it's not comfortable at all. There have been some early armor prototypes that the women have been testing, and they've gotten really positive reviews from it. Mm-hmm. It's lighter. It's much more like comfortable. They said that they can wear it all day. So uh, with a little bit of luck, hey, they, this is an example of a branch of, of, I'd say, I guess you could call it the government. It's the armed force of the government. Yeah. This is a branch of the government taking a cue from nerddom. Must do, much, yeah. must do that more often. Yeah. And I mean, they said too, like, it's a good thing too, because in a study that the U.S. Army did, 
they concluded that the armor that was being used by women made it difficult to enter and exit vehicles as well as aim and fire their weapons. So it's counterproductive. It's dangerous. Yes, it's dangerous. Okay, yes. It's not just counterproductive, it's dangerous. Yeah, that was a little bit... Not just to them, but to everyone around them, too, because, you know, it's a danger to their fellow soldiers if they can't aim their and, you know, fire their weapons properly. So. So. And uh, thinking about another Department of Defense, or actually in this case, a Ministry of Defense, the British Ministry of Defense, also had some news this last week. They have recently declassified more documents from, uh, well, basically the British Army's X-Files. Oh, really? Um, yeah, seriously, they had apparently like between, I believe the late 1960s and mid 2000s, they actually had U.S. they were called this UFO desk officers. Nice. Whose, their job was to monitor potential threats or possible threats from space. That's so cool. Like really? Well, in the 50s, that would have been like the coolest job. Yeah. Yeah. That still would be the coolest job. It's actually the ninth batch of documents that have been released. They've started in like 2008, mainly because they said there's there's no justification to keep this classified. Like we're not talking about like, oh hey, we found this alien and did these tests on. It's like no, it's just probably just day after day of monitoring radio feeds, you know, monitoring possible sightings and finding absolutely nothing. We are just an itty-bitty backwater little planet. Yeah. In the great... But it was kind of neat. Actually, the previously classified documents was from 1985 to 2007. Yeah, and apparently it's reported that officials in the Ministry of Defense were worried they'd be accused of not taking UFOs seriously enough. And according to one intelligence officer, part of it was um, determining if sightings were, you know, not of this Earth, and then trying to establish their purpose. And they said that possible reasons they had come up with for, you know, aliens visiting Earth were, like, military reconnaissance, scientific mission, or tourism. But apparently, as of 2008, the Ministry of Defense no longer is involved in evaluating possible sightings of UFOs. Or are they? (laughs) Maybe that's what they want us to believe. (laughs) But you have something on invaders of another kind. Yes, I have uh, invaders of the zombie kind. Zombie-proof homes are now on the market, and they are advertised as such. We saw it in a... Yeah, real estate... Dot Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah, in Yahoo Homes, basically. So realestate.yahoo.com slash news slash anti-zombie-stronghold-for-sale.html. So basically, it's a catalog of zombie-proof homes. Yeah. Now, I don't know if all of them are being advertised quite as such in, say, the MLS listings, but Yahoo Homes has collected, actually has taken a list from Realtor.com from their blog, from uh, a blog entry on June 1st, which has 16 different homes for staving off the zombie apocalypse. There are castles. 200-foot wood and steel escape bridge that leads from the main home to a private boathouse on the lake. Yeah, the problem with that is this one looks like a suspension bridge, and there is no way in God's green earth that you get me on that. Let's see. Oh, I love this one. Castle Rogues Manor in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. A pair of guard towers and other tall structures for scouting and medieval 
archer defense. Or sniper defense. And this place, oh my god, it's this enormous, rambling, Victorian-looking mansion, which is just amazing. Also includes a six-floor gatekeeper cottage. Great hall. The, co- the air quotes should be around the cottage, not the yeah, gatekeeper part. <laughs> and the great hall and other structures. And it's got all these like little spires and balconies and all sorts of awesome other things. I kind of love it. And I want it. Except it's how much? 1.8 million. So oh, no. that's not so bad. It's actually one of the cheaper ones. Yeah, actually. French castle. Corneau Castle in France. It's a legit castle, bro. <laughs> it's like an actual damn passage. Hidden passageways, elevator access, for playing fun games of hide and seek with the undead. Oh my god, it's because an actual we- castle. And of course, then of course we have islands. Yes. Including one in the Bahamas. Oh, Manowar Key and Abaco. I know there. Only for 13.97 million. I've been there. Now, this is presuming that zombies, well, they can't maneuver themselves to swim, but scientifically, because zombies are deteriorating corpses, would that imply that their internal organs would be releasing gas and they could float? Maybe. But then I would also think they might become then prey for fish. Whatever else. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, water is probably one of your best. There's got to be some kind of scavenger fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would eat them. Yes. Very least barracudas. Oh, there's one in Marathon, Florida that was much smaller, but still 12 million. I love it. It's got a double ring of rocks around it. Yeah, it's got a moat. Yeah, it's, it's an island with a moat. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it has a helicopter pad for making your escape. Ah, uh, Brantford, Connecticut. <laughs> what a Connecticut. It's a cheap little island and cabin combo. It's actually $550,000, and it's in a big lake. No, in a Bonus big, big, big lake. lake. Yeah. Bonus zombie defense feature, boathouse with dock, canoe, and pair of motorboats. I don't think canoe is going to do much good for you. And then, of course, if you miss out on the castle or private island, there is the Epic Lake Castle in Miami, Florida, which is basically like a house that has a lake as a moat. This A man-made like lake. This looks like something you'd see in Zelda. Yeah. Because this thing is symmetrical, geometric even. Yeah. And it's sitting inside of an oval of a moat like it's a little porcelain jewel. Whoever built that thing it has more money than sense, and I would like to meet them. So they probably have really cool parties. <laughs> and then there's a couple of fortified places and other places that have a lot of, some of them sort of depend on like panic rooms or that sort of thing. Or stairs. Yeah, or like heavily fortified doors. And then of course there's also a nuclear missile silo home. Nice. Where you can just barricade yourself in. Mom, I can't sleep. The zombies outside are keeping me up. Go back to bed, Johnny. The zombies will be dead by morning. So if you need suggestions for where you should make your home if you if the zombie apocalypse occurs, there is a whole bunch of suggestions here. And for everybody who has listened to our, our previous podcast from ages ago, if the zombie apocalypse happens anytime during the freezing winter, just make yourself a nice little frozen ice rink around your house, and you're pretty much good to go. Because zombies have very little motor control at the best of times. With no friction, they will pretty much just form themselves into a big barricade. A couple of episodes ago, we mentioned a very cute little Loki hand puppet. Yes. And now we have a little brave bear amigurumi, which is all three, well... Obviously, you do the pattern three times. For the little bears, for the triplets from Brave. Yes. And Merida herself 
in um, crocheted amigurumi, which is, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm trying. The crocheted little dolls, and she has this just shock mane of hair. Yeah, it looks like with the red hair, what they've done is they've actually untwisted the, the plies the of the yarn, so it sticks out everywhere. And this is done by Sarit Freud Weinstein. Uh, published in Sarit at Etsy, so you could probably find this at her Etsy store. But if you look for it on Ravelry, and she does have what looks like a lot of the other Disney princesses. She's got Snow oh my God, White, there's Belle. Tinkerbell, Belle in her golden dress. Little Mermaid. Okay, so her Etsy store is sahrit.etsy.com. And that's where you can find all of her patterns. You can also find them on Ravelry. Again, you can search her name, S-A-H-R-I-T. And Sesame that would... Street Rattler, sorry. <laughs> and that would probably find them. Okay, so I think we can, we went a little crazy. Well, went kind of crazy because it's San Diego Comic-Con weekend. I'm sure yeah. next week there'll be tons more news to tell you about from Comic-Con. It, it's a geeky type of weekend. Yep, major geeky. And I'm sure if you want to find other things that have come up from Comic-Con, obviously you can probably find them at places like... IO9, The Mary Sue, Geeks Are Sexy, Topless Robot. They'll all have, you know, summaries of everything that went on every day at Comic-Con. Of the different panels and things like that. And then there's always Google Foo. Yes. I plan to do some Google Foo or some Twitter hashtag Foo to find some cosplay pictures. Because that's part of the fun, is looking at all the cosplayers. Oh, yeah. However, in the meantime, we will be working crazily on... Baby Generation stuff. Yes. Trying to get it done, oh my god, before Sunday. Yeah. And trying to stay cool and not sweat too much. Is it September yet? Um, no, don't get me started. Oh yes, especially because I probably should mention in case anybody was, went, was waiting to hear about it. I am not going to the TTC Knit Along tomorrow. Aww. Because last Saturday we got our schedules and I'm working tomorrow. So no TTC, TTC Knit Along for me. Ooh. So you will not get a report on that next week, sadly. But I'm planning to go to Toronto next weekend and... Relax anyway. And and make good. Make my do my own little yarn crawl. But we will see you next week then. See you next week, guys. Bye. I need some Godiva. Yes. Let's do. do. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. Okay. Fuck nuggets. I hope you edit that out. No, what the hell? Leave it in. Okay, so you know what that looks like, right? Yes. And if that opened up... Yes. ...to look like that... Oh my god, yes! You know what I'm talking about? Yes! Oh my god. That was my mega idea. Ars monkeys, God. <laughs> I am paying attention to what you're saying. I'm just I trying understand. To get this but, you, thing. but you can see where I wanted to put electricity into this, and I said no. Yes, that would be bad. No LEDs. Nothing that involves welding or. But damn, that would be anything cool. like that. Yes, that would be awesome. But um, I'm not getting that done by Sunday. No, you're not. Not with all the Nyquil in the world. No, you're not. Yeah. So if that frustrates the hell out of you guys for listening to it. I might put that in outtakes. Fuck, that's not what I want to do, you stupid. What's this? I don't know, man. What does it show? <laughs> European penis? Average penis sizes in Europe. Son of a... Okay. Apparently French guys. 
Okay, excuse me for a second. I have to see this. French and Hungarian guys. What are the biggest liars? No, are the biggest, on average. Where is that that it says no data? I don't know. Right next to Russia. They refuse to comply? 